Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. Today is episode 32, and the title is Good Intentions Aren't Enough, the importance of owning your unintended impact. Are you paying attention to your impact? How about your intentional impact? And how about taking ownership of and responsibility for your unintended impact? Today, Craig and I are going to talk about the concept of impact awareness. We're going to share some of our own thoughts and stories and ideas on the role that impact awareness and ownership plays in your leadership, in your teams, in your organizations. And most importantly, we're going to talk about some strategies to help you embrace the power of impact awareness in leadership, trust, culture, and team engagement. So get ready to throw your good intentions out as you take more ownership of your unintended impacts. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. We are back in studio, Craig and I today, to talk about, I think, going to be an interesting conversation, something maybe you're not used to because we're going to talk about impact today, but probably in a different way than you're used to. Typically, people are talking about they want to have more impact. They want their organization to have more impact. They want to lead with more impact. And actually, we're going to talk today about, yes, it's important to be intentional about impact, but also the reality of how often we have impact that's unintended. It's not what we intended and how much and how often that unintended impact gets in the way of what we say we want to achieve. And it's funny because Craig and I were talking beforehand, we got the content, but sort of what's the overriding umbrella? And it struck me that it's all about good intentions. (laughs) Because I've yet to meet, and we had a a podcast guest a few weeks ago, Tommy Spaulding, and he said, you know, no leader wakes up and says, I want to be a jerk. Most leaders don't wake up. Most, probably a few, we need to fix that. They don't wake up and say, I want to crush my people's spirit today. I want to devalue my people today. Or even more simply, I want to break trust today at work. But it's happening. And a lot of it is because the lack of attention to and awareness to or awareness about impact that we have through our actions and our words. Yeah, really, that comes down to there's intentional impact and unintentional impact. I mean, oftentimes, we know what we are thinking. Well, some many of the times we think we know what we're thinking, but when we talk to somebody or we do something, we think that we know what the impact that we're going to have when we say that thing or do that thing. But oftentimes there's an unintended impact because maybe we're not as self-aware as we think, and maybe we're having an unintentional impact because maybe the other person has a different perspective on how something was done. So for example, One of my clients that is in Brazil, showing up 15 minutes late for a meeting is fairly normal. And yet for me, if I'm not there probably a minute in advance, I'm late. 
And so there's a, there's this dance. Okay. Well, if that's the case for him, when do I show up so that I'm being respectful for him? And does he have to make a change for me or do I just need to understand where he's coming from? Well, and one of the phrases that I, I heard this just a few years ago and it really stuck with me and it is, it is dead on with this topic. And it's this statement that I judge myself based upon my intention and <laughs> others judge me by my impact. Wow. So making that more collective is we judge ourselves based on our intention, but others judge us based upon the impact. And I believe that leadership, and we'll talk more about this in a few minutes, is about taking ownership and responsibility of that impact yeah. versus hiding behind my intention. So I want you to think about the ways that we hide behind our intention in order to dismiss this impact that we had, even if it was unintended. And that's, that's one of those tough things, because when we, when we say that our intention was this, nobody else really knows that, right? Because that's an internal thing. And so we can say that that was our intention, but they may or may not believe us in that. And in certain cases, uh, that could lead to somebody being fired because their intention was good, but what they did was just boneheaded. And so we, we need to really understand the difference between what is intended and what's, what's actual and really start understanding how that's impacting other people by starting to ask those questions. Well, and let's think about this right here at the beginning. I don't even know if we've talked about this before, Craig. One thing I've heard people say is, leaders have said, I used to say it, I don't say it anymore, is why don't you assume the best intentions of me? Right. And I said, well, that's a good idea. But what I'm really saying is I'm going to put the onus on you. I'm going to yep. make you navigate my impact. And that to me isn't fair. And that's not really taking ownership and responsibility. Yes, I think it's important that we do our best to assume good intentions, but it's not an out card. It doesn't say, hey, look, you had this impact on me. Oh, I'm going to assume your best intentions. But the impact happened. The impact happens very quickly and in the moment. And I think it's, it's, it's a deferral as a leader, if I want to make you responsible for changing the impact you had from my actions. Ooh, that was a knife for me because uh, I think I said that within the last couple of weeks <laughs> and it's probably with my wife and she was probably saying, well, why do you feel that way? I'm like, well, um, just assume the best because I had the best in mind for you, but now I have to realize, okay, it's time for me to step up, uh, become undefensive, become more vulnerable and say, okay, Help me understand what what the difference was and so that I don't repeat that and, and take ownership of that. I want to be the best husband I can be. I want to be the best partner that I can be. It just requires that. Well, and sometimes, you know, impact is really interesting, especially unintended. There is a, I want to be careful with these words. There's actual or obvious impact. And then yeah. there's the impact that may not be obvious, but that person is experiencing. And we'll talk in a moment how important it is to be open and have questions and ask questions to understand that impact. But some things, even if they appear obvious, we don't really know what the impact is without a conversation. So for example, there are situations, and we may talk about this example later, someone quits unexpectedly, and they may or may not give you information to explain it. 
but often you can say, oh, this happened, and shortly thereafter they quit. They're probably related. But what matters most is really understanding that personal, that interpersonal impact versus the objective they quit, because I can't really learn unless I really understand what happened. And for me, that means I have to come as a leader from a place of, as Craig said, I really do want to understand. Mm -hmm. And I I take responsibility for this and the impact I had on you. It's not easy. I mean, it's easy to get defensive to say, oh, but I meant well. We have all sorts of excuses that we use. I I didn't mean that. I didn't mean it that way. You know, that's not what I meant. What what do you mean my tone? Did you listen to what I said? (laughs) I mean, why are you so sensitive? Don't take it so personally. And like Jeff said, always expect that I mean well. (laughs) I mean, these are all excuses that we use. I've used probably all of them at some point. And it's just a way of, of not taking ownership of the impact, whether it's intentional or unintentional that we've had. I think it's really important that we understand that, first of all, we have to assess ourselves. When we get into a situation like that, where we see that maybe something didn't land right, that we need to check ourselves first and say, okay, I'm going to get into this space of non-defensiveness. And I'm going to ask the question, I'm sorry, it looks like what I said didn't land the way I meant. Let's talk about that. Or how could I have said that better? Or what came up for you when I said that? What are some other things that you would, you would say there, Jeff? Well, I love that we, put, we got out there the excuses. But keep in mind, the key to the excuses is there's a lot of them, but they all involve basically putting the onus on the other person. Right. So if we start from the, this, sing, this, this really specific thought that says that leadership is about ownership. Yeah. Leadership is about self-accountability, and that includes the impact. So sometimes it will be something that's visible. Sometimes it may not be visible, but it's certain behavior that I know is likely to create some impact. And the more I can own that and just put it out there to create the conversation. So there's a vulnerability and acknowledge that I had an impact. And you know, the key here is to have a conversation. But how do we open the conversation? As we'll talk later, it's about questions. And we have a series of questions to ask ahead of time to minimize the unintended impact and to understand it later. But, you know, one way I might approach it is to say, you know, yesterday or ideally more closely in the moment to do it right now, to say, you know, I'm pretty sure I just had an impact. <laughs> and, I, and, it, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't intended. But can you help me understand? Because I know I missed something here. Or yeah. so, but it starts by me taking responsibility. And I would be careful with this. Like some people might say, I don't understand this. Can you tell me how you see it? That right now, that feels a little wishy-washy right now. It feels like I may not be willing to own or own it. I'm saying this is just a matter of you seeing it differently. And one of you, my beliefs, as Craig knows and listeners know, is that perception in personal interactions is reality. If someone has a different perspective, this to me, impact is not the conversation that ends up with, we're going to agree to disagree on impact. <laughs> we can agree to disagree on behavior, what was done or not, unless there's a recording of it. 
But impact is not the conversation about agreeing to disagree. Yeah. If we're going to ask the question, help me understand, then we also need to really genuinely want to know and be willing to change. And so, for example, going back to your what you said earlier, Jeff, we have an exit interview when somebody leaves. And if on that exit interview, they say, you know what, my manager just really sucks. There's these, there are these things that this person does, and then it just gets filed away and nothing happens. That's just stupid, right? We need to understand that if we're going to ask those questions, we need to be willing to do something with it. And if we have the culture of vulnerability, we have the ability to go back to that manager and help them to grow by exposing them to what's going on, what their unintended or intended impact is on other people so that we don't have this happen again. I've seen entire departments or divisions of a company get decimated because of a bad manager. And these were very profitable parts of a company. And so when you have that thing happening and you start seeing people exit, people inside the company around them, we knew what was going on, but somehow it didn't get to the right person. Now. Did I say something? Maybe. Uh, I don't really remember, but ultimately that whole department was gone. Well, and part of this is, as Craig's alluding to, it's, it's a cultural shift. Yeah. And one of the simple shifts we can make is to create a culture where impact, literally that word, is part of the regular conversation. Mm, good point. Because often we'll say, you know, how do you feel about that? Which is fine. It's okay to ask feeling questions, but are we saying, you know, what was the impact on you? And here's something we haven't touched on, and I want to make sure we bring it into the conversation. This needs to be something that both sides are working on, but it's up to leadership, whatever that means to you, to open the door. There's two ways to do that. Yes. One is that I can invite the conversation, say, look, appears I had an impact, or I may have had an impact I didn't intend. Uh, I really want to understand. In fact, I probably, I'm going to take that back. I probably wouldn't say it that way. Mm-hmm. I may have an impact I didn't intend because it doesn't matter. Say, right. I, real, I, I feel like I had an impact. Can I really share with me the impact on you? Not what this means to you, to share the impact. And here's the cool part, and this is where we can create vulnerability and build trust. Someone who's in that role who was impacted, they will say, how do I open the conversation? Mm. Because otherwise, it's left to the person who created the impact. So the person who's impacted, and this is where I like scripts. And here's the script question. So let's say I'm, I'm interacting with Craig and I want to approach Craig about an impact he had on me. I go, Craig, I would like to have a conversation with you. Are you open mm. to hearing from me about the impact of that conversation, of that decision, of what happened in the meeting? Yeah. Because the two key words in there, are you open to hearing about the impact? If we don't put the impact, if I go, are you open to hearing my opinion on it? <laughs> Maybe, but this is about impact because if leaders don't care about impact, then they're not leading. And that's a bigger issue. Good and you know, what Craig and I believe in is how can we empower people at all levels to create a different culture and a different outcome? And this is one way to do it. We want to arm you with tools such as that kind of question where it allows you to open the door. Now, the leader says, I don't, I'm not open. Now we know where the issue is. It's pretty clear. <laughs> right. And you might uh, not be surprised if some people leave the organization because mm-hmm. of that. But it, that's a really good point, Jeff. It's about as we build the culture, it's at all levels. That means that 
whether you have anybody reporting to you or not, you have the opportunity to raise the question. You know what? Uh, I think that the impact you meant to have may not be the way it came out. Well, and it's interesting. You're hearing the concept of impact again here in this way of often unintended. I wanted to look at uh, back in episode 14, we talked about self-accountability. And one of the key questions in there is about impact. So you're going to see a thread in our conversations about how do we build a different culture where we focus on our intentional impact, but we also take just as much time and energy and attention to our potentially unintended impact. Right. We assess it ahead of time, and we certainly assess it after the fact. Well, one of the things that we're really trying to drive to is the ultimate outcome of this is building a culture of trust. And when we look at trust, it's one of those things that exposing ourselves and saying, or you know, becoming vulnerable and saying, you know what, I want to change. I want to understand how I impacted you, and I am willing to own that and not do that again or to do it differently in the future. And that is going to be one of those things that's a trust builder. Initially, when you ask that question, somebody may just be really afraid and may not believe that you're willing to make those changes because they may have come from a different culture or maybe your culture is in process of becoming a more trustworthy or trust of trusting culture. And so we really want to be cautious about how we approach that. But in little parts here and there, as we start exposing the things that we do and say, it's okay to give us feedback. It's okay because we want to get better. We are in this to grow as well. And we need your help because we have blind spots. And what's the definition of blind spot, Jeff? <laughs> it's, by it's by definition, those things I cannot see. <laughs> That's right. So let me give you a hint, leaders. This is for <laughs> all our podcasts. If you tell me that you know all your blind spots, <laughs> you're lying. What you know is you've identified some of the blind spots that you didn't know about before. Right. But there's not a point in our lives where we have no blind spots. And leadership to me is about always scanning for those and asking for input on those so I can continue to be more aware of them and the subtleties of them because some are obvious and they become more subtle. They don't go the other way. And I love what Craig said about trust because the thing about focusing on impact is that it's, it's a double or a triple bonus around trust because the conversations identifying and taking responsibility for impact builds trust. But the truth is almost every unintended impact we have, one of those is we broke trust. Yeah. People trust less. People feel less safe, whatever that means to them. So trust is the thing that's constantly being broken by our unintended impact. And so therefore, the better we get at that, the less opportunities to break trust. And at the same time, we're building it. So it's a multiplier of trust. Yeah. You have a phrase that you talk about, Jeff, about apologies. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm, I'm very popular with this one. <laughs> especially when I'm speaking in group, because I always use the pause for effect to see the stunned looks in the audience, because I will stand in front of a group and say, here's what I know about leaders. Leaders don't apologize. And I'll just let it hang. <laughs> and maybe like you right now saying, what, what do you mean you don't apologize? And I'll say, no, leaders don't apologize. Leaders actually change. And then I'll follow it up and say to the group, I said, how many of you 
are tired of having people apologize to you but not change. Oh. Hands, they all fly up because what they realized is the apology is nice. If you're not used to apologizing, especially for your impact, then start there. <laughs> but it's not about the apology. It's about really becoming more aware and changing because I'm going to tell you, here's one risk, and this would be a whole other podcast. I have seen it happen both personally and professionally. We fall in love with our awareness and we'll say, wow, I'm really aware that I had impact on you. Tell me about your impact. Wow, I didn't see that coming. I really apologize, but I'm going to do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day. That's not what leaders do. Leaders change. And you know, whoever you are, you're a leader. So this is about owning it. Yes, the apology, but this is about fundamentally doing the things that are going to help you change your behavior and minimize, keyword, minimize as much as possible your unintended impact. Because you'll always have some. There will be spots that you just can't see coming. None of us are that good, but we're going to minimize it as much as possible by paying attention to it. And just for clarity, for those of you listening, it's uh, Jeff doesn't use the terms positive and negative. And so he's kind of assuming here that the unintended impact is a what we would most of the rest of us would call a negative impact. Uh, but sometimes there are positive unintended impacts as well. But anyway, getting back to what Jeff was just talking about with not apologizing, they change. One of the things that's beautiful about that is when we actually change, what that does for trust is, man, that's, a, that's like putting booster rockets on trust. Because now people say, wow, this person actually listened to me and they actually did what they said they were going to do. And what that means is you're going to continue to get feedback because initially people are going to have some hesitation. You know, if, if Jeff says something and I say, well, you know, should I say something back to him about this issue or not? And then when he, he says, wow, okay, I really wasn't aware of that. And then I notice that he doesn't do that anymore. I'll be like, next time he asks me about something, I'm going to be much more willing to respond and give the truth. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartavera.com. Welcome back. So let me give you a really specific personal example to what Craig's talking about. I remember this a number of years ago. I was in a, a dating relationship, and it took a while before she shared it with me. And that's okay. She finally shared that she said, I had said to her, why are you being so defensive about a topic? And she said, finally said, I got to tell you, the word defensive is a trigger for me. And when I hear that word, I shut down. And I and I we did talk about. It. I said I'm I'm struggling here because I really feel like ob even objectively your behavior is defensive. And she said, I get it, but the word just has an impact on me. And my response was to say, you know what? I hear you. I am going to do my best to stop using that word. In fact, it's a label. It's a shortcut. And she said. Well, I don't know why you have to change your language. I said, because, 
because I want to, because it's having an impact. And I said, I don't need the word. Now, was I perfect? No, but I got so much better to the point that I rarely used it because I was being respectful and taking ownership of that impact. Did I think it was reasonable? Probably not. It wasn't like unreasonable, but it wasn't what I would do. And, but it was her issue. And, you know, some people might say, and they have, do you have to adjust for everyone? And I would say, well, why not if it's not that hard? Right. For example, if the word defensive is, is an, has a trigger on someone, probably has a trigger on other people too. So I seek to change how I communicate in order to have less unintended impact. Because so what's my goal? My goal is to have a conversation. And if my impact gets in the way of the conversation, then why am I, why am I creating a barrier to what I say I want? Absolutely. Now, in that particular case, did you ask her what word to use instead? I did. She didn't have an answer. Okay. And so what I realized, actually, the big help for me was that I realized how much the word defensive is just a shortcut label. Okay. And it didn't matter. Why, why do I, what am I, there's probably another question. I was saying, why are you so defensive? That wasn't really what I want to know. Because the answer is I'm not defensive or I don't want to talk about it. It was what I realized was, well, if I'm asking that question, what I'm really saying is, can you help me understand the impact I had on you by how I said that? Yeah. So I got back to an impact question because it was lazy language. Yeah. It's language we're used to, but that doesn't mean it's helpful. Well, I think what's interesting in that is that language in and of itself has different perspectives for different people. I mean, you and I, Jeff, we have different meanings to some words. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about something, it, it may not mean the same thing to me and vice versa. And so that's one of those things that we negotiate about the, the use of words. And we're very clear about, I have a lot of feeling around this particular thing, or I'm okay if we change that. And so it's, it's interesting that we can go through those kinds of discussions and it's, it's healthy for us to do that. Well, and this is a little bit of a preview for the podcast that's coming up after this one with Carol Linden, who's talking oh, yeah. about different interactive styles and different communication styles and how important it is to navigate that. And for me, I don't even know that Carol used the word, how I can, it's really arrogant of me to expect you to communicate the way I want right. to have communication. And, you know, the analogy I use for that is that if you think about someone who speaks a foreign language, I don't happen to speak Spanish. If I did, I'd use the example. But if I speak fluent Spanish and I speak in Spanish to you and you don't understand Spanish, right? I can say, well, why aren't you, why aren't you understanding me? This is how I communicate. Well, that's like, really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree, Jeff. It basically comes back to, do I care enough about the other person to adjust? Or is it all about me? And I think as, as we look at true leaders, they are people who genuinely care about the people around them. And therefore, they're going to want to adjust to the people around them. You're also going to find the people who are more emotionally mature, the people who are able to adjust in different situations are going to be those people who can adjust their language and tone and fit with the other people. But here's the thing. Not everybody came from the exact town and state and country that you came from. And so we have people from all over the place. This is a melting pot. And so we have different perspectives on different words. 
Some people learned what the word actually meant as a definition, and some of us learned it in context as connotation. And so words mean different things to different people. We just need to understand what that is. And when we see somebody's eyes get really big, when we say something, we need to realize, hmm, maybe I had an unintended impact. Well, and that's, you know, this is one of those tricky excuses. And let's talk about this. And before we then we'll jump over to some of the question tools we have for impact awareness. The reality of human beings is that human beings have baggage. <laughs> and that includes employment baggage. Yes. Even someone in their first job has employment baggage because they're coming with a belief about what work is, what management is, I, what hard work is, what leadership is based upon what they saw or heard at home, what they read in a book, what they saw in television and movies. So everybody's got a unique perspective. And sometimes leaders will, number one, forget that, but they'll also say, do I really have to adapt to everyone? <laughs> and I guess my response is, well, if you choose not to, then what you're saying to your people, and you might as well say it is, <laughs> not going to adapt for you because it's too hard, it's too much, or I think you are too sensitive. <laughs> you know, so, you know, part of this is this is about that vulnerability and authenticity. And I would tell you, in terms of trust, you will have greater trust if you're honest with your people about your feelings. Yeah. They may not like you, but they actually will trust you more. And so it's, you know, as Greg said, it's about building our people. If the goal is communication, don't we want to do it in the way that has the most positive impact and the least unintended negative impact? Isn't that what you would, the goal would be? Otherwise, well, why are you communicating? So here's the other side, Jeff. I mean, if we're looking at leadership, leadership is all about making sure that we hit the numbers. It's about making sure that we do things efficiently. It's about making sure that all of these things line up and the projects get done on time, isn't it? Well, there's a, a small group of people in this country called the majority who <laughs> function exactly that way and wonder why they have no team engagement, why they have high turnover, why they can't achieve their profitability and revenue goals, why people are leaving, why they are stressed out, why everybody's micromanaging. I don't know. I think it's a great strategy. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, that's right. Focus on the bottom line and ignore your people. In fact, for those people, if you really want this, I will do the homework to get this created. I figured out there's a product we can sell you. And you just tell me whether you want plastic or metal, and it's going to be a large sign. We'll have different colors. You put it over all the entrances to your building in your office, and it says, no humans allowed. <laughs> no humans, and leave your personal life at home, Which, whichever version you like, because it more will resonate more than others. We will sell those to you, because at least then you'll be authentic with your people, and they'll know what they're walking into. Phew. All right. Now, let's, let's take a... A, a shift here and let's let's just be real leadership is about dealing with people therefore if you are going to be a leader you must be able to deal with people effectively and that means some of the things we talk about here might be things that you want to put into your toolkit including understanding your impact awareness well thank you for that unintended unintentional example of unintended impact, Craig, that I will take a moment to comment on. So I want you to imagine 
Greg, that, that what you said word for word, you just said to your team, and what might be the unintended impact of the word deal with? Oh, good point. All right. Well, deal with means I'm just putting the onus on you. <laughs> Why do I have to deal with you? Right. My job is to deal with you. So that's, that, there is a power in language. And I can no. assure you, some people would hear that and say, yeah, really? You have to deal with me? What a burden. I'm, so I'm a burden <laughs> to you. And if you're sa- sitting there saying, do I have to be precise? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Wow. All right. It means you're really putting the time and intention to care. And the key is you're open for that person who comes to you and says, you know what, Craig, when you said deal with, the impact on me is I felt like I was a bother. I felt like this is something you have to do, not something you want to do. Yeah, I'm a widget. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. I did Good. hear that. Jeff. You know what? <laughs> because we, we're not, this isn't about perfection. It is about intent. It's about awareness. And it's about commitment to doing it in a different way so that we can achieve the goals we say we have. If your goal is to have effective communication, then you got to do things differently. If your goal is to build an organization that works well together, you need to do things differently. And if building trust is not one of your goals, it's time to add it to the list. Because if that's not at the top of your list, you've got major issues and you're missing the opportunity. And in fact, it's not only the opportunity, it's the necessity of life and people is to feel trusted and safe. Yeah, trusted and safe. That's what people need. That's that's long-term relationships. Well, to your point, Jeff, you're absolutely right. I don't feel like it's dealing with people. I mean, what the way I feel is I enjoy working with people, helping people, et cetera, et cetera. And so if I said dealing with, I guess that's, wow, that, that was unintended. Right. You know, the power, it's the power of words. So earlier in the episode, I talked about scripts and questions, and I want to close with four questions that are, this is like my, in my question toolbox, this is in the top shelf always, these four questions. And these are four questions you can use ahead of time and after the fact in terms of assessing impact, both intended and unintended. And I'm going to read through them, and then I'm going to give you at least one example, maybe another, to see how, so you can see what I mean by this. So let's imagine this is ahead of time. I'm going to engage in a decision. I'm going to have a meeting. I'm going to communicate something, whether it's in person or over the phone, whatever it is. So the first question is, what is the intended impact? What is my intended impact? What impact do I intend to have from what I'm about to do? Maybe not do. I'm going to choose not to make a decision. Sometimes I may choose to delay a decision. What is my intended impact of a decision, an action, a word, whatever it is? So this means we have to be intentional. That's the being intentional part. Yeah. And the second question is, and by the way, well, I mean, I'll come back to that when we talk about an after the fact situation. The second question is, what is my or the intended message? And what that means is that there's an impact we're trying to create, but even if it's not the exact word, there's a message that we intend to communicate through the behavior, whether it's what we're going to say, how we're going to say it. And you'll see what that means in the example. The third question is, what might be, notice that word, what might be the unintended impact? And I use the word might be because we don't know for sure what it could be, and it's not about deciding 
what it should be. So it might be, and so what might be the unintended impact, that which I didn't plan on. And the fourth question is, what might be the unintended message of what I did, what I said, how I did it, how I said it? So back through the list, intended message or intended impact, intended message, might be unintended impact, and then what might be the unintended message. So let me give you an example. Very real life happened to a client of mine a couple of years ago. They had an underperformer on their team. It was about 30 people in this business. It was pretty obvious they had this underperformer. And I said to them, why is this person still here? And they said, well, we're, things are really busy right now. We don't want to let her go right now because if she's gone, it's going to put an extra burden on the rest of the team. And I said, I think this is a mistake because you have someone who doesn't want to be here, who's not open to feedback. She's not getting better. She's hurting the team. And they said, no, we're, here's what they said. We're doing that for the team. So the decision was to keep her for a couple of months until they were less busy. So what was the intended impact? The intended impact was to not overburden their team or to, to lessen the burden on their team. And their intended message was to say to the team, we care about you so that we're not going to leave you hanging by getting rid of someone in the midst of all this. Intended impact was we care about you. Intended message was we care about you. But here's what actually happened. Two months later, they let go. They fired this person on a Friday. And on Monday, their number one performer quit. Their top staff member quit on Monday. And when they asked her why, she said, because you let her stay for the last two months. Mm. You, and they said, wait a minute, but we did that for you. And she said, that wasn't true for me. She said, I'm a hard worker. I'd be happy to work for this place because I care about this place. Mm. And I would have been happy to pick up the slack if she was gone. But I am not happy that I had to pick up the slack while she's here and she's getting paid to not do her job. Ooh. So the the unintended impact was she quit. Yeah. Their best person quit. They, it was non-recoverable because she had had the impact. And the unintended message she heard was, you don't care about me. Hmm. What you care more about is the person who's not producing than me who is producing. Now, they said we didn't see it coming. I think they needed to own that more because I, I, I didn't see the person quitting, but I told them there was going to be an unintended impact. And message. So that's an example of these things that we do that might seem right, but have we real? They never really thought about that unintended impact. They were focused on the short term, and again, we we can make mistakes, but they really didn't even own it when she quit. They kept saying, "Why are you quitting over this? She's gone now." But it's not recoverable at that point because she got the clear message: we don't care about you. On these questions, it seems like this is a fair amount of work, and. I guess with any new muscle, it takes a little bit of work in order to get those muscles flexed and ready to go and, and using that. And I think we have to probably be conscious about these questions initially. And then after we use them a bit, we're going to start unconsciously thinking about that and thinking through how this could be. And if you're really looking at a corporate communications role this is exactly what they're looking at, right? They're looking at, if I put out a message, what is this going to say to the world, to our people, everywhere? 
right? And they are very intentional about the kind of messages they put out. In the same way, if we are very intentional about the messages that we have with our people, whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether it's in civic areas, wherever that is, we are going to have the ability to build more trust. We're going to have the ability to have more intended outcomes than unintended outcomes. Well, you're dead on, Craig. It is challenging because it's a new muscle. You know, many of you know about the idea of going from unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence to conscious competence and hopefully to unconscious competence. Same thing here. This is one of those that I encourage everybody in the organization, put, put a sign on your, on your wall with these questions. Put a post-it note on your computer with these four questions. You want to put a card in your wallet and laminate it? Use these four <laughs> questions because this, I believe this kind of shift will have more impact than having a laminated card with your purpose, mission, value, because those are important, but this is every day. And think about exercise, as Craig said. The reason we exercise is not to exercise generally. It's to get the outcome. Right. And, and we're willing to do the exercise because we want the outcome. And this is a really dramatic positive, I'll call positive, even though I don't like that word, affirming, empowering shift in our organization. So one more quick example of how this is empowering. One of my clients just a few months ago, he was in a meeting and one of his team members blew up, his word blew up on someone else in the meeting. And I said, did you do anything? He said, no. If I had, I would have strangled him. That was his words. <laughs> Apparently, it was pretty severe. And he goes, I don't know how to address him because I'm so angry. And I said, use the impact questions. I get that you're angry. But he went to him and he used these questions to help that person self-assess. And so he said, what was your intended impact? He said, my intended impact was to motivate people because I felt like we were getting stuck and I wanted to you know, put some drive and amp things up. Right? What was your intended message? that I think we, that we can work together better on this. <laughs> then we go to the other side. Now, by the way, really interesting is he said to him, did you think about the intended impact beforehand? He said, actually, I didn't. That's after the fact telling you. So part of this is being more purposeful in thinking about intent ahead of time. So then he asked the, the other two questions. So what might have been the unintended impact of what and how you did it? And he said, wow, um, they think I'm a jerk. They think it's all about me. Uh, they, certainly, there's a trust issue uh, that I think that, and I said, and he said, what's the, might be the unintended message that I don't trust you to get the job done. Hmm. And he, this guy, he's, and this is, I know the guy he was talking to, you know, he's one of those guys, str got some strong leadership traits, very self-confident, but he really took it in and went, wow, I, that's not what I was trying to do, but that's what happened because of the way he did it and how he said it. And so it's one of the best teaching tools I've ever found, questions generally, but those four questions, they're, they are game changers for leaders and teams and culture. Well, the beautiful thing about this is you talk about moving from unconsciously incompetent and so forth. The nice thing is we can jump straight from there to consciously competent by just having these questions in front of us. Yep. So that's that, that place where it doesn't matter how long it takes us to go through that. Other people will start seeing the difference when we, when we intentionally go through those questions and understand what we mean to do and what could happen 
And therefore, we may adjust our action or our conversation based on that. Well, I think the beauty of that, Craig, is you said at the beginning, it seems hard and it might take a little more time. And it does take a little more time. But what I would argue is, how much more time does it take to ask and get these questions answered of yourself and of others versus basically yelling at them and telling them how they screwed up? Yelling at them is a little quicker, but terribly ineffective. Right. This is about people understanding for themselves. And this not only helps them understand what they missed, but also how to do it different in the future. Right. And so the question is, do you want to have a better outcome and more consistent change in the direction you want to go? This is the approach that'll get you there. So I think it's if we then put it in context, right? We've talked before about the finite and infinite games. In the finite game, we're playing to win. In the infinite game, we're playing to continue to play. And if you have your team leave you, that's probably not going to be a good thing for your infinite team, you know, for your infinite game. We're not playing that long-term game. And ultimately, if we are going to be leaders, we want to have influence. We want to have people want to follow us. And therefore, we need to do the things that are going to make them want to. And this is one of those key things. We are intentional about it. And we're going to be vulnerable when it comes back to, hey, I got some feedback that I probably did a boneheaded thing here. And let's just talk about that. You know, so that's one of those things we're going to start building a better culture and we're going to be intentional about it. And here's my bottom line. I'll close with this thought. You can have all sorts of questions about how long this will take, but the bottom line is when you minimize your unintended impact that we're talking about, you will enhance your culture. You will enhance your trust. You will enhance your team and your team engagement. You will enhance your productivity you will lower your cost and you will increase your profitability. I'm sorry, that's all I've got to give you for this. Darn. Well, I don't know. Maybe we need a bigger ROI. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that sounds like a great encourager for us to actually take this to heart and actually implement it ourselves. I know in, in my personal life, this is one of those things that I still need to work on, right? It's It's one of these things that I still get defensive. If my Children are coming at me and they're saying this, that, or the other. Um, you know, I have to take that step back. But here's here's something that I will say, and I've implemented this in my own family for as long as I can remember. We have family meetings, and we say anybody in the family can call a family meeting. Even my, you know, when the kids were young, it could be a four year old, or it could be me or or my wife. We would call a family meeting and say, "I have something that we need to talk about." And we would all sit around and we would talk about what is it that's on your mind? Well, dad, you know, you're responding in this way when these things happen. Let me tell you, most of the issues that came up were because of me. And so I had to step back and say, okay, I'm going to intentionally be non-defensive and try to understand and listen and adjust and commit to making the change. I now have sons who are 21 and 25 and they enjoy still coming over. (laughs) So I'll say the outcome was definitely worth the effort in there. And I will encourage you to have those family meetings. It's, It's a great way for people to air anything that's going on. So all that said, intentional outcomes, intentional impact is what we really, really want.
If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission, that through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.